This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint. <laughs> All right, here we are. This is our first episode with Sam's movie film in it. No narrative film. I just Googled, is there asbestos in concrete? Why did you do that? Asbestos is added to a variety of building materials to enhance strength. It is found in concrete and concrete-like products. Asbestos-containing cement products generally contain Portland cement aggregate and chrysotile fibers. Well, and this is really unfortunate. Um, I did that because we were getting our front stoop demolished mm-hmm. and redone. Okay. It had that big crack in it. Okay. We're also getting those windows. You've seen them, those bay windows. There's one in the living room. Yes. And one in our bedroom. Getting those replaced. So we were getting our stoop demolished and replaced yesterday, but we hadn't, the windows had been delivered, but they hadn't scheduled a time to put them in. So they started jackhammering the stoop, and it's just like an explosion of like pieces and dust, just clouds of it. And then another crew shows up. It's like, well, we're here to do the windows. And they proceed Mm. to smash out all the windows. And we had these giant gaping holes in our living room and bedroom. And the wind is kind of blowing, and it's just like clouds of dust just pushing into the home like all over our bed all over the wall like everything has a coating you can just draw on everything in our home now it's just coated in dust so we're living in that right now and i just i'm like i don't think there's asbestos in concrete my wife you might know her her name's leslie is like do you think there's asbestos in there i'm like nah but there you are. So well, but is so. So what you found is that there is asbestos. It's the first result. I googled is there asbestos in concrete? But like in all concrete and concrete to this day, I don't know. I don't because they like make such a big deal about that. Right. Well, this house was built in 1955, and I I assume that's an original stoop. I can't be sure though. I can't be sure of that because that little, there's that little overhang that hangs out on our front stoop area. Yeah. But none of the other houses in the neighborhood really have that. So that could have been added later after they realized what a terror asbestos is. Well, at this point, (sighs) they said they'd send damage is done. They said they'd send a cleaning crew out, but it wouldn't be till Wednesday. That's tomorrow. So who is the they? The um, construction company who's doing this work. So it's the same company doing both things. 
different company doing the stoop and the windows. So which company? Because I would blame the window people almost. Absolutely. Of course, because they didn't let us know they were coming. We wouldn't have had like eight foot wide by six foot tall holes in our home while asbestos and concrete dust was flying everywhere. They just showed up. Right. So that was my question. It's the... The, the 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 cleaning crew is from the window company. From the window people, yes. Yeah. We understood that you're like jackhammering concrete, it's going to be messy and dusty and horrible. We wouldn't have scheduled to have giant holes in our home while they were doing that. Like three feet away from where they're doing that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's fucking terrible. But it's like the... <laughs> like... I don't think you understand how much dust there was. Like I horrible, horrible dust. You may not dust. understand it. Yeah. The, the walls are coated. The bedding was coated. The dressers are coated. The floors are covered, like, everywhere. Well, the jackhammering people, they should be following the proper procedures. Well, they're following, they were wearing masks and stuff, but, like, they had no idea we were going to decide on that day to have giant well, holes in true. our home. Why, why I wonder, even if it was a... Like, 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 what procedures would they follow? This is what you got to, like, I don't know, know but some sort of, up. I don't know, is it because it's outside, it's fine? Or would there be some sort of, like, dust containment method if we're going to be jackhammering asbestos? Well, again, I don't, I can't be sure that there's asbestos in there. Right. And asbestos was added to prevent it from cracking. Well, it definitely cracked. And it cracked. So maybe that's one good thing. You're just, you're just going to have minuscule pieces of concrete in your lungs to kind of tear shit up a little bit, but not asbestos. Right. I don't mind having a little concrete in my lungs, but, you know, I went to faith Christian school and there was asbestos all throughout that building. And we used to, like, go up and, like, whack the insulation all over the place and, you know, because we were little bastards. It was like... And it was just filled with asbestos. They had to have a crew come in and, like, (laughs) mitigate that. (laughs) I also used to play with mercury in my hand out of thermometers. Yes, I remember that. So... But, like, that wasn't just, like, a naughty school child thing. Like, they did that in school. Well, it, not in your hand. You weren't supposed to do it in your hand. Were no, you? I think so. Oof. I was like, here, put it. Look, ooh, look how strange it is. It's science. It rolls around. It rolls around. I feel like they did that in school. Really? When I was a kid. I could be wrong. Mm. I definitely am not going to, you know, stake too much money on it. But I feel like that is true. Well... We're Look, just fucked, man. They used to have, like, cigarette commercials geared toward children. Yeah. As I know we've discussed before, so. I, yeah, I used to smoke those little bubblegum cigarettes. You could get a little puff of, like, powdery sugar if you tried real hard. Yeah. I mean, actual cigarettes. <laughs> All right. Like, they had, like, Fred Flintstone being like, oh, after a long day of working at the quarry, I smoke Menthol lights. Well, I don't know if they had menthol lights. Or, or whatever it was, Winston's. right? Winston's. I smoke Winston's. Nine out of ten doctors agree. Winston, for your health. Hey, Brian Chewy. <laughs> Brian Chewy calls them the athlete's cigarette. Right. 
Winston stays good like a cigarette should. Winston stays good like a cigarette should. Benny used to sing that in Sharky's at the top of his lungs with his karaoke machine. And then he'd go into Splish Splash, I was taking a bath. Those were his two go-to jams. They're both kind of a little subversive. A little bit. could see why they were appealing to him. I'm trying to find out like when they stopped putting asbestos into concrete. It doesn't really say it. Like I, It doesn't give me a year here, on at least on this page. Cement, asbestos product, and mesothelioma hazard. Great. As recently as the early 1970s, the mineral that is better known as asbestos was thought to be a prime material for use in a variety of construction-based products. And in industrial settings like aluminum plants. Asbestos and cement. Ah, It wasn't until the later 1970s that the mineral was officially banned. Fantastic. Well, Brad, we had a good run. Oh, you're not going (coughs) to... You probably have a good 20 years before you develop lung cancer. 20, 20 years. Okay. That's not too bad, I guess. I got time. It's the waiting. It's the waiting is the hardest part. See, but, you know, mostly it's from people who worked in factories with it, like constantly breathing it in. Mm-hmm. You know, this right. is just a short little... It's like the nice asbestos. It's like the nice herpes, right? The gentle yeah. herpes. And, you know, it's probably not. No, it's in there. It's in there. Oh, fuck. Has a long latency period and symptoms are similar to other more common respiratory ailments. It is generally not diagnosed at an early stage. We're talking about uh, pericardial mesotheliomia now. Treatment is more likely to result in remission. As a result, the number of survivors of mesothelioma is generally low. <laughs> An unmarred block of cement presents no danger, but when it is being mixed while it is setting and any time it is cracked or broken, <laughs> microscopic bits of asbestos are released. They become airborne and are often breathed in by unsuspecting victims who may not find out until many years later that they have this poisonous material lodged within their respiratory system. <laughs> oh, I hate the internet, Brad. Yeah, but the internet will also always give you the bad answer. Always. <sighs> it always gives you the bad answer. It's, uh, yes, an exercise in the worst. The dregs. Speaking of the internet, I started listening to Reply All, which is pretty fucking great. Yeah, it's a good uh, show. The secret gruesome internet of doctors. <laughs> yes, I remember oh, that one. It's awful. So you haven't like you like like this is kind of your 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 uh, introduction because I know you also started listening to startup to asbestos. I mean, like, your introduction to this type of like narrative radio slash podcast because like you, no, I think well, you said you don't listen. You never listen to This American Life. Is that correct? No, I listen to This American Life and Radio Lab and. 
Oh, that's right. You do listen to the radio. 99% invisible. I'm probably getting you confused with someone else then. Some other jackass. Yeah. No. I've been listening to that crap. No, I I like it. Yeah, Reply All is pretty good. Yeah, and there's a lot of production that goes into it, and they have to keep it short. Yep. So, and that's good. Something to be said for that. Yeah. They're, they, you know, they don't do a, uh, you know, a deep cast into the gruesome doc, the internet for doctors. No, it's not a deep cast. They don't you know? spend, you know, 60 to 120 minutes talking about each image in this Instagram for doctors that they have. Right. Figure one. If anybody it's wants a, it's to a, it's an 18 year the app. project. Right. Is that app? Have you now, when you listen to that, did you ever go and explore that app i didn't me either i don't think I, I want to i don't is that possible well it's it's just an app right i don't remember I how mean, they, it works like you don't need to like prove you're a doctor to get in or something it's just it, like an app it's just an app they didn't mention anything it's not like you know they said like it's not like doing homework for doctors or anything right. like it's somewhere in between like the worst the internet has to offer and something legitimate like it is a little bit of like injury porn so you can just download it as far as i could well in that case out. i'm gonna go find it here we'll put a link in anybody who wants to go see like a foot only attached to the ankle by the achilles tendon now you have that opportunity if you didn't before but I guess it's the comments that really set it apart. Just like the nonchalance with which the doctors are discussing this awfulness. Doctor injury porn. We'll put it in there. What do we care? We're almost done. I know. This is... Uh, well, so there's only four more episodes after this. This is episode number... 112A. What? No. Isn't this 112A? This is... Uh, it's something. It's 112B. <laughs> Last week was 112A, also known as 113. And this, this is 114, also known as 112B. Right. Also known as negative four. Or if we're going to count the last episode as episode zero, or is there no episode zero? Well, and this is negative five and it ends on negative one, just like the whole ADBC thing we talked about. Uh, last maybe week. you're, maybe you're coming around. Maybe there is an episode zero. Maybe, maybe that's episode one nineteen zero. The point is this is countdown to extinction. My friends, Tick-tock, tick-tock. Everything's speeding up here toward the end. You only have so Blink much and you'll miss it. time until we shut down the store. So if you want some Gutter Balls merch, you better get it now. I'm killing all that. As soon as we roll out the last episode. Done. Yeah, definitely. Done. It's done. You Gutterballs.tv slash support. You want a shirt that says, this is a private residence, man, with an illustration of the dude's apartment. That we you meticulously bet. worked out. With Over. our friend Spax, as I recall. Yeah. And uh, Okaharhalakas helped us out on that. He gave us some feedback. That's on true. Facebook. Um, yeah. So, it limited was a, time only. It's there. Gutterballs.tv slash support. Check it out. That's where you go? That's where you go. And we get literally pennies on the dollar for every purchase, so we really appreciate it. 
<laughs> you know, if we were better, we'd have a better option. But this is what we got. We're not. This is what that we good. have. Well, you know, pennies on the dollar. There, you know, they could be like ninety pennies on the dollar. That would be pretty good. I didn't specify the number of pennies. Yeah, could so. be any number of pennies. Although, if it was more than ten, I probably would have said dimes or nickels at the worst. Hill Street Blues, Brad. Yeah, you, you ever watched that show back uh, in the day? Kinda. Back in the day, I was definitely aware of it. I don't think it was like something that would like be on the TV. Yeah, you were like watching. My parents it. would watch yes. it. You know, it was on Thursday night after all the sitcoms. Do do do. They used a lot of piano in the eighties. They really cared about a theme song back then. Seventies, eighties. They did. That was like prime theme song. I feel like they don't. They don't put as much care into theme songs. Anymore. A lot of shows don't really even have. That's not true. They'll have some a, shows like don't even really one. have theme songs. Right. They'll just go into it. Like, they'll have like mood music. That's similar, maybe. But yeah. yeah, I feel like some of them just don't have like a theme song. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like Lost was famous for that. They didn't have a theme song. Yeah, all all it did was it was more like a logo. Like it was like a mm-hmm. maybe fifteen second long, like screeching ominous so- sound, and the word Lost just kind of like rotated right. on the screen a little bit, and that was it. It's like a stinger. Yeah, and. uh so, okay, yeah. The other show, like, so network television shows, the only other network television show that I watch, I think, is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Of course you do. Of course I do, right? <laughs> and they don't have a theme have a either. Problem. They just have, again, kind of like a logo with a sound. Right. That kind of appears, and that's that's all they have. But, like, these Netflix shows, so, again, I'll stick with the Marvel concept let's because it's great um yeah i'm watching jessica jones on netflix yeah i just have one episode left i'm almost to the end you're liking it took you a little bit to get into it i guess um i don't think no i liked it from the get-go i mean maybe luke didn't like it from the get-go somebody didn't like it from the get-go let's give a shout out to luke luke He's joined the ranks of the listener. Thanks for listening occasionally. He he said something about something. I forget what. Might have been on group me. Oh, hey. right. He said we should watch Inherent Vice. Right. Well, today he also calling out. He was giving uh, us some great uh, shout outs and feedback based on episode 112. Oh, well, I missed that one. I, had, yeah. I was busy today. What did he say? Let's he give said, a shout out. He said, "Here, I'm going to shout out ourselves." This is the portion Shouting of the show. Him. It's a circular shout out where we do shout outs. He said, right. "He said several things." He said, first, he said to you, Adam, "I have to say, your ability to browse the web and talk is masterful." <laughs> I'm I doing it right not now. Just clever editing, and it's not editing though. <laughs> we don't edit. The we show. don't edit shit. So we, yeah. So there, it's genuine, masterful talk. All right, great. That's very flattering. Thank you. He also said, listening to Adam laughing insanely while throwing videos of robots being tortured at Brad was 
<laughs> Next level. <laughs> I love those poor bastards getting kicked around. <laughs> It was kind of mean-spirited. I do kind of feel bad, and I'm sorry, Brad. Sorry for doing no, that. No, it was all good. It was comp- it was compelling programming, I have to admit. It's I all knew for the greater we good. It, I was like, hey, this this could be the moment we're remembered for right here. <laughs> this is it. This is it. We've fucking arrived. No, I'm alive. Anyway. No, disassemble. <laughs> The, uh, what was I saying? Jessica Jones, uh... I'm gonna look that up. It has a long theme song. Short Circuit 2. I mean, somewhat short, somewhat long, I don't know. But it's like, Netflix is made for binge-watching one episode after the other. Johnny Five dying. If anyone needs to, like, get rid of the theme song, I feel like it's Netflix. But their shows don't have that. Like, House of Cards, same thing. They have Jessica Jones has too long of a theme song? Well, I mean, for your tastes, it has just a regular size theme song, which I think is too long. See, I feel like the House of Cards theme song is longer than normal, but maybe not. I mean, it could, I'm not sure. It, we, you know, time, as we know, is so subjective and so slippery. It's fluid. We'd have it's, to we'd have to use some sort of timekeeping device and measure it. I think they have an app for that to really know. But look it up. It's, uh, but when you're binge watching, I don't know, maybe it's good because then you get a uh, little breather in between the episodes, maybe. Theme song measurer? What would you call that? Theme song measuring, time measuring. We need a theme song length measuring methodology. Theme song. Standard. Length measuring. All right. I'm putting it in the show notes. Yeah. Let's get that. Length measuring methodology. All right. Um, but y- you know what? I don't mind the House of Cards one just because it's in my neck of the woods. That right. They shoot it. And like, so I recognize it and I play a little game, see if I can, you know, recognize where each shot was mm-hmm. taken. And the guy who shot it is local and he used a 5D for a lot of the, um, if not all of it, I think maybe all of it because they're time lapse right. shots. So he's got a 5D on a slider, which is just like two rails that the camera sits on and it kind of moves along it. So you get that time-lapse effect of like the sun going down or things in fast motion, but it also gets like, you'll have something in the foreground and it'll move left to right Mm -hmm. or like forward to backward or backward to forward. So you get that little bit of movement and something in the foreground kind of moving past or Right. You know, you get that extra little bit of movement. So, so there's I like a motor cool. on there. And there's a motor and you can you set can it. program it to move like one millimeter per minute or something. Yeah, you can set it. There's one that I've been looking at. You can go up to like 99 days. So it can go like, it can cover like three feet over the course of 99 days. Something crazy like that. Yeah. But you can just pro- like say, I just want 20 minutes worth of some ducks swimming around in the reflecting pond. You could do that. But yeah, you dial it in. And then I guess you just got to like have your intern sit there and make sure nobody steals it or it bumps the mm-hmm. tripod. Right. But you know, it's just, it's have them it, working in shifts. <laughs> they got us working in shifts, but it makes it seem more accessible because that show is shot on red um, 4k. I've only watched it in HD 
obviously. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. they go ahead and shoot the opening on a 5D. Presumably raw, so it would probably be, you know, larger than 4K, right. I guess. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's still kind of accessible. You don't have to spend like $60,000 on a rig oh, to no. shoot something that can, you know, mesh right in with a 4K production, which is pretty Yeah, de- no, definitely. But again, because it was being, they're really raw still images. Yeah. It's a whole different... Uh, yeah, you couldn't shoot the whole show on that. But know? I don't it would know. Be I a think different you probably aesthetic. could. It wouldn't be that show, though. It would be a different show. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Don't you maybe me? Be a different show. A, a DSLR, like a 5D, is not designed to capture motion in the same way that, you know, something that's designed to capture motion uh, captures motion. Sure. Because, because yes. then you're not capturing motion in, you know, raw, camera raw still images. Right, no. You're capturing motion, and it's like jumping through some hoops to get that stuff. Yeah, no, true. It's an extra add-on feature. I don't know where that all started. Asbestos, I guess. I sense it all around. My eyelashes, my hair, on my clothes. Probably eating it. (sighs) Late 70s, Brad. Yeah. Not, uh... Not too good. No, this aggression will not stand. Do we have any other shout-outs? I don't think so. That's all we got. think so. Do we have any revisits? (laughs) (laughs) No? All right, we're done then. All right. Well, going back to episode 112A, (laughs) Brad, I don't remember which revisits we visited and which revisits... We've not visited. Yeah, we've we've totally gone off the rails with all that shit. I just to beat the band is like being louder, like drowning out a band that they're that's like playing nearby, and like you're doing something so bombastically that you're drowning them right. out. I made me laugh to beat the band. To beat the band, you laughed. You la You laughed louder than the band. You in essence beat them. The noise you were making was superlative, because eventually it came to refer to anything superlative, not just maybe a loud noise, but like you ran, you, you know, you made the bus stop, you ran to beat the band, just anything that's done superlatively, eventually it kind of morphed into that. But I think what I decided was that, yeah, to beat the band was like, you've done something You've been very loud about something, Dr- enough to drown out a whole band full of noise-making things. Yeah, because like some people were going back and forth on this. There were competing theories, but I think that's the one that makes the most sense to me. I, I'll go with that. We can close the case on that one. Let's close it up. Um, another revisit. Ready? Ready. I don't know our start with this. In fact, I don't remember if we talked about it. We must have. We must have. This is from last episode. The full screen titles. Yeah. No, fuck that. We did we talk already. about them. Yep. But we didn't talk about the rules for credits. We didn't talk about the rules. 
But we talked about the fact that they existed. Right. I don't know if we're qualified to talk about the rules here. Uh, if you want to take a crack at it. At the rules? <laughs> yeah, go for no, it. I'd rather hear you do it. I don't have I, the rules. I was just going to be like the, uh, what is it? The straight man? Yeah, or or am I the straight man? I'm not sure in this situation, straight or curved really applies. Oh God! Oh Jesus! There's a little puppet. God damn it, Frederick March! Ugh. I hate things like that. Who's Frederick March? I don't know, but he's there on the Wikipedia page for motion picture credits. Screenshot of a figure <laughs> representing Frederick March. That's the kind of. Sh- of the film, nothing sacred. That's the kind of shit I really hate right there. I He's don't. like a little... Ooh. It's not really a puppet, though. It's just like a little statue. It's like a figurine, but his head is so large. Yeah. It's like his caricature figurine. He's got that waxy look to him. Mm-hmm. Nothing sacred. It's a 1937 Technicolor screwball comedy film. Those damn screwball comedies. It was a David O. Selznick Wait, I know that name. Who doesn't know that name? Well, me, vaguely. <laughs> Do you really know? Like, name something. You're looking at it now, but right. What other? You know, could you have like attached him to anything? His I name don't to know anything? if I could have, except I just okay. know that he's a very famous like film guy from the old end days. He did. Uh, he's best known for producing Gone with the Wind, though. So oh, okay, that's that's not exactly a lightweight. Nope, it's not. David O. Zelznick. Yep, he was worked in RKO as head of production, where uh, and as that he worked on King Kong, nineteen thirty-three. I've heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Peter Jackson doesn't do shit. I don't know if you can say that anymore. <laughs> Touche. Too fucking Shay. At least he can admit it. At least he admitted it. He was just kind of like, yeah. You know, I said he was in a tough spot there. Mm-hmm. He kind of knew it was going to get all fucked up. And he was just like, going to do my best here. Might not work out so great. You know who else has been doing his best? Christian Clemenson. He's got shit tons of credits, man. Yeah. Does he? Uh, did he work on uh, the Big Lebowski? Yes, he was young cop, fastidious cop. The oh, the one that was like we can close the book on that one. Correct. Okay. Yep. Born in 1958 in Humboldt, Iowa. 1958. So he was like 40 when they made this film. Yep. Didn't seem like that. Seemed like kind of a young guy. Yeah, if you really look at him, though, it's like, yeah. Gives, uh, that, gives no. me hope. Yeah, you're 40 now. I'm 40. Oh, boy. Whew. Which means, how old were you when we made 22 the last movie, then? 22. Oh, shit. Which, Which means I was, was probably... 18 years ago. So, 22, the last movie, is almost as far removed from the present day (laughs) as it was from your initial birthday. Almost. Almost. 
22. The the 22nd birthday of 22, the last movie, is just in four years from now. 44. The next to last movie. I'm going to have to make it. Fudge. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. It's I think it could be pretty good, actually. Could be I great. I think I'm going to be in a pretty good spot in four years. Oh, yeah. Perfect spot for it. Definitely. I actually, I w- totally will be. Ah, Why? There we go. <laughs> Gives me something to shoot for. I'm happy. I'm good. Why are you so pumped? You're so positive about that. Like, I'm you have just a pretty good outlook. For you. I'm thinking positively, man. I was thinking about 22, the last movie, like two days ago. That Buddy Holly scene was pretty fucking great. And I hate to keep harping on it, but I just remember, and I ha- I just found this VHS month or two ago. It's in my closet right now. I'm going to transfer it because I keep thinking about how great that looked. Those vibrant colors, maybe oversaturated, but I mean, probably I would put it in now and be like, this fucking blows. <laughs> Looks like but- shit. Looks like garish and like morade nonsense. But, hey, that whole decade was garish, morid nonsense. Yeah, you can't discount it. Well, but what, Buddy Buddy Holly? Every day, it's a getting closer. Oh, okay. Riding around on the bus, you know? Yep. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. 44, the next movie. I love it. Which means I was... 20 probably when we made that which means i'm ev- it's even more relevant to say that that the making of that movie is really almost as far removed as it was from my initial birthday cuz that's like yeah 18 to 20 yep <sighs> wow shit man we're getting old i'm Heck starting yeah. t- i'm starting to compare like when we started this podcast to things now. I know. Oh, we do it every... So, so, okay, so let me get this straight. Okay. 22, the last movie. Wait. 97. No, not quite. Well, yeah. No, what I was going... Well, yeah, yeah, no, 97? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 97. What year did Star Wars come out, though? 77? The motion picture? Star Wars... Yes. Oh, Star Wars. Okay. Jeez. Oh, yeah, 77. So that gives... So that Tw- means... 20 uh, years. Jesus. Not that, quite. Oh. 22, the last movie, is almost as old as Star Wars was. Oh, my God. When we made 22, the last movie. Oh, fucking... So here's a note, a technical... Point of order. Back to the Future was only twelve years old when we made twenty two. What was only twelve years old? Back to the Future. Back to the Future was younger than my daughter. You might know her. Her name's Jules. Yep. Fuck. Technical note. Fired at me. Now that we're in the credits, or do we even bother to 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 play the minute to expulse the minute? I mean, I know what they say about consistency at this point, but isn't that our format? Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't mind if we don't just because I don't like this fucking song that's about to start. 
Okay, we're going to get into that. Well, it's not about the start. It's it's fades in at about the last 10 seconds. Yeah. But it's worth talking about. This is the thing, to me at least, that dates this movie the most. Yeah, and it's interesting, because I wrote that down, (laughs) and that kind of hit you, too. Yeah, I hate... Well, it always hits me. Every time I watch this, like, this movie puts me in a very awesome place. It's so watchable. You just sit down. If it's on... It's very difficult to turn it off. You just want to watch the whole thing, and it exists out of time. It's got this whole timeless vibe going on. Cause it's, right, because it was a period, period piece. piece. Right. But then all of a sudden, in the last four minutes, they put this fucking Sean Colvin song in there, who's best known for the hit song, Sonny Came Home. And it's like, this seems like something out of planes, trains, and automobiles now. Yes. Yes. Or some, like, Rob Reiner movie from the mid-80s, like The Princess Bride, or I don't know. Right. Something like... Rain Man. Rain Man, exactly, Rain Man. Because Rain yes. Man had some song in there with... I don't know, what is that? Like some boy, type of, like, that boy. Not that one. Not that one? That one's a horrible one, though. That's a horrible one, but there's one, like like... I might be mixing it up with another movie, but there is some like little I go, I go, musical I go. tinkle they add in, like they to like oh they show them crossing the bridge. Oh here they are on their journey. It's an overhead like either crane, helicopter, highway in the car, and there's always this kind of like what I want to say is like a electronic pan flute or something. Like they picked pan flute. On the synthesizer. Scatterlings of Africa, please love me forever. You're saying it wasn't necessarily a song that they put in, but like... Yeah, it might be. It's probably the beginning. I imagine it's the beginning of some very 80s type song. Did you just return from your conference? Is that why you're so all, you know, mouth mouth horned up? Horned it up. <laughs> Is that has it been a year already? Uh no, no, I'm just I, you know, I just study at home. Okay. In my my private mouth horn studio cuz I don't want time to be zipping by that quick. I had But yeah, so here okay, so here's something. I'll I'll just admit it. I'm ready. I don't think I ever noticed this song until now. Really? 
Yes, I think I either just, you know, kind of tuned out the music during the end credits. Or just turned it off. Maybe I never sat all the way through it. Even since we've started doing this podcast? You never sat through? since we've started doing this podcast, I have not done it. Until today. Really? Yeah. Shit, man. Because I never watched, since we started doing this podcast, I have not watched the movie. I've watched chunks of it. Like there was a couple times when we called back to them where it's like, oh, I was watching this minute and it was just so great. I watched the next 25 minutes. Right. But you haven't watched it front to back. I have not watched it front to back since we've started this podcast. No, I definitely haven't watched the credits at all until now. I've watched it front to back at least three times since we started this podcast. At least that's front to back. The universal logo. To, you know, Sean Colvin's Viva Las Vegas fading out. Yeah. I would say that if I did watch it front to back since we started this, I certainly would have probably listened and noticed it. But I did not notice it till today. And I was kind of like, because I wrote here, you know, a very 90s sound in our little notes section. Yeah. But I was like, at first I couldn't even know what to describe it. I was like, yeah, what is this? It's like a very like cinema like a type of yeah i was thinking that same thing like it's like a rain man it's very rhinery it's very fucking rhinery yeah type thing and i was like what is it exactly and then i said well it's just that 90s kind of sound i guess which was really an 80s sound it was like what's left over from the 80s into the 90s i don't know right but it was like the most modern 80s sound Mm -hmm. like we are the 90s are like a freight train on rails heading towards us and we are riding that train and we're even like a little ahead of that train and this is what it's going to sound like when we get right. wherever we're going right is this fucking viva las vegas song yeah which was maybe it's more of barry levinson sound because he directed rain man but yeah I think barry levinson that's not a bad uh it's not a bad moniker to put on this sound so maybe it's more levinson-y yeah but it's a, uh, yeah, so this is from 1995, this version. Is it? I didn't even look that up. 95, huh? See? Well, it's- I had to f- look it up. This is from, the this this is from Till the Night is Gone, a tribute to Doc Pomus. Doc Pomus? Who's Doc Pomus? Doc Pomus? Pomu? I'm not sure how you say his name. Pamus? P-O-M-U-S. Does it rhyme with, like, caboose or vamoose? I don't know. If I knew how to make sense of, like, the Wikipedia, like, pronunciation symbols. Umlauts and little curved lines and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it doesn't give a pronunciation here on Wikipedia. Doc. Oh, I see this. Doc Pomus. Doc Pomus. Doc Pomus. Pomus, right? Yes. He was a uh, he was a uh, songwriter, best known as the lyricist of many rock and roll hits, including, of like. course, "Viva Las Vegas." Okay. So in 1995, there was a tribute album to Doc Pomu. Pomu. Pom. Pomus. 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 Pomuse, a tribute to Doc Pomuse, and Sean Colvin was on there, and she did the Viva Las Vegas. This is my problem with that. This song is out of time. 
it's out of time for this movie. The rest of their shit that they were putting in there was like classic rock and like Esquivel, mm-hmm. you know, old stuff that like no pop music, like even from 1991, like there was no, uh, you know, like TLC or Green Day. Green Day, which would well, even be later than ninety one, right? Later than ninety one, at like, least when they got became boys yeah. to men. You know, there's no like modern day pop hits in the movie because mm-hmm. the dude won't. You know, they're they exist. They're children of the seventies, I guess, or late sixties, seventies, and now not only it's even worse than having like a modern day nineteen ninety one. 1990, 91, well, 91, I guess, hit. They actually, like, have a f- song that came out in the future in the so- in the movie now. Right. And I just, and it just is so incongruous. It's it just the Levinson, the Levinson style. Like, I, we just don't I need that. It. I don't need that in here. It's, we it don't gives need me it. cognitive dissonance here. It's like, and even when I haven't watched all the way through, like, I'll start playing, even like 20 episodes ago, I'll put on the minute, but then I'll walk into the kitchen or something, and I'll kind of forget it's on, and then all of a sudden, I'll like hear this shitty song, I'm like, what is this? And I walk out, and the credits to The Big Lebowski are playing. I have to say, legitimately, this is the worst part of the movie. Yeah. Right? I'd have to agree. And I just don't get why they did Which, it. Which, granted, is kind of in some ways like not that damning since the movie no. is pretty awesome. Right. But I just don't get it. But you're right. It is kind of annoying and incongruous. It is very much, a yeah. It just has this sound that is not too welcome. Which, even in 1998, like that sound wasn't that welcome. Granted, it's the song's only three years old at that point, but like considering they're using like Black Monk time, right? You know, I hate you and Credence, and then they're shoving this in there. And this is like, here's my main problem besides it being shitty. And the worst part of this movie is like when you, I walked out of the theater, I didn't know what to think about the movie. This is the first time I saw it now. And now what am I left with? Like, what's the taste on my mental palate as I leave the theater? Right. It's this fucking song now. So as I'm trying to process what I just saw and I wasn't sure about it, I just have this like very Levinson-y sound just washing around. That doesn't help. No. Well, yeah. I mean, the only kind of saving grace is perhaps most people don't stay for the credits that long. I mean, I don't know if I stayed for the whole thing, but definitely into the beginning of this song. Because you'd have to go... It was about like 30 seconds and 50. So it's about a good, like, yeah, minute and 10 seconds until this <laughs> until this comes up. Yeah. But so I, yeah, I'd it's do that. hard to make it to the door that quickly sometimes. Well, it is. And you want to watch a little bit of the credits. Yeah, usually just you to, watch a little bit. You stop. You take a breath. We're not monsters. You know, you give a little respect mm-hmm. to at least the first build. Right. Credit. Credit tease. And, uh, you know, and also Towns Van Sant is playing and you kind of want to hear that because like 
you're associating it with the last like bit of the movie, mm-hmm. the Donnie ashes scene and the last right. like stranger soliloquy, the dude abides and like, you've got towns singing dead flowers over it. So that's cool. And you kind of have that and you just want to like keep living in that moment of the yeah. Schrodinger's strike. And then all of a sudden fucking Barry Levinson comes out of the fucking blue and you're like, get me out of here. I mean, I don't think I've said, I mean, I've nitpicked details about this movie just because it's a deep cast, but like, this is a legitimate shitty part of this movie. I I can't disagree with you there. Uh, And I hate saying that. I don't like saying it. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't disagree. I can't disagree with you. And do you think it was just like not knowing at the time, like how dated this sound would sound? I mean, I think they want, yeah, it could be. I mean, they they wanted it, you know, they were looking for something clever to put in here. And yeah, Viva Las Vegas, Bunny's listening to it. So like, let's put a different version of that in what exists. T-Bone. You know, or maybe this is one of these cases, you know, like we've talked about where it's like, okay, the movie's done. And then it's like someone else's job. Like the guy who like closes up, locks up the door at the end of the day is his job is to like, yeah, put a song over this. That's fucking interesting, man. Like maybe that's it, right? That's fucking interesting. I They're you know, just like, I, yeah, find something that kind of like relates and just throw it on there. The content is done. Like this wasn't in our script. Like whatever you want to do, fuck it. Just do whatever. Maybe. Maybe. They got better things to do. They got to start working on uh, intolerable cruelty or whatever. So is that the next one? I don't think that was the next one. Was it? No, probably not. I think, Oh brother was the next one. Maybe could be. What did, what is this Dean Martin song standing on the corner? Well, you're into like three episodes ahead, my friend. Well, I know, but it's just where it's paused. Cause I was trying to get to, I had a paused on Viva Las Vegas because I couldn't remember who performed it. Yeah, Sean Colvin. Sonny came home. Um, fuck, Dean Martin. Because we do... The month of December is this all-out war between family members. We'll just play Christmas music obnoxiously through all the speakers in the home. Mm-hmm. And you have to shout out, like, the artist and the song, and if you're really fancy and swanky, the album name. And then, since we're getting our kitchen demolished soon, we're just writing all over the walls. Like, we've okay. written fart all over it a lot. Buford knows his ABCs. Hit the deck, boy. Right. And uh, Jules, that's my daughter, you might know her, drew out this chart. And she's, like, keeping track of all the points. Of course, I'm winning by, like, 61 to... 40 something i don't know pretty bad um but dean martin christmas with dino it's one of the big ones that comes on a lot so i'm surprised i never noticed him singing in this movie and you never mentioned it even though you have the soundtrack well i don't have the soundtrack per se i have a playlist someone on spotify put together i see everything from the big lebowski into this which is my first place to reference if I'm not sure what a song is. And if gotcha. it's not in there, I have to then like dig deeper. 
But yeah, Dean Martin, Lebowski. Uh, well, what does it say It's the song is called? The song is called Standing on the Corner. It's written by Frank. This is another one of those O-E names. L-O-E-S-S-E-R. Schrodinger. Loser. Loser? Frank Loser? Okay. I guess. Right. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I don't mm. even know what the song sounds like. Me either. I mean, no I idea. Listen to it right now on YouTube while we're recording, which I'm doing as soon as this Red Lobster ad commercial goes away. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's not lobster. It's Longhorn Steakhouse. Sorry. They're all the same, aren't they? Oh, okay. You know this? I know exactly what this is. What is it? This is, um, you know. But you know me, I can't complain. Okay. Like, cut to the dude in the car, and they're playing, there's like this kind of, uh, yeah. Right, right, right. As soon as I recognized it. Yep. Which, you know, the funny thing is, you had a, so here's a throwback to that. Oh, boy. And after that, I might even do a even greater, if we have time. Revisit that I thought of, but like you found that great footage. What footage is of that? Dom Herrera doing that exact same routine in his stand up? Right, right. And right. we never mentioned it on air. Get out of here. We came close and we never did. We teased around it. I'm never pretty did. sure. And I always meant to come back to it. This was like a year ago at this point. It's a long time ago, man. So this even is, if we did, it doesn't matter. We can revisit it now. But it had to be more than a year ago because I'm looking at this limo scene, and that would have been episode like 49. I'm looking at it. It's 4822 when he's doing his routine, and you hear Dean Martin playing. We never talked about the music in this scene. Good job, fucking deep <laughs> cast. Really, I think because his monologue is so engrossing, it's just hilarious. You know. He kind of mm-hmm. owns this scene. You're not even, I mean, even for people who hyper-focus on all the details, like we failed to notice that detail. But yeah, it's it's part of like, how do people from Philadelphia talk or something like that? Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, yeah, you can find it on YouTube. He's doing this whole routine. Well, let's, we should put a link to it. If you can find it again, that's over a year. Well, wasn't it, I never put it in the show notes? Like the... The it's Google in the, Doc notes. I don't know. I don't know if it's in the Google Doc notes or not. You texted it to me. Oh God! But but yeah. In essence, it's Dom Herrera doing stand up, and he does the exact same routine. Yeah, it's. I got a blah blah. I got a what and blah 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 blah. blah. But you know me. I can't complain. Look, I got it right here. How to talk South Philly Italian? I think. But again, Maybe talk not. about strange things like they probably just really enjoyed this routine that he did. It's like, hey, we got a, you know, we got a little job for you. Yeah. Or do you think it? So yeah, it must have happened that way because it's weird. Like, I wonder what it says in the script. Yeah, did, because they didn't allow for improvisation. You know, there's no there's no improv going on, so they must have written it in there. I mean, unless, again, it's one of these areas. Now, they mentioned the big fact that like nothing was improvised except for a few things, like human paraquat. 
But again, improvise can mean different things, right? Like if they said, okay, like if you don't just spontaneously do it while the camera is running, it's not really improvis- improvisation, right? So like maybe it they could said, be, in essence, like a rewrite on the day. Like, okay, Mr. Herrera, like we like your idea of using that stand up bit. Go for it. Let's rehearse it a little bit and do it. Like, fine. Right. I'm liking that that theory. That that rings true to me. But it is weird to be watching because you sent it to me, and it's like it was like four minutes long. I've got I'm it right here. It. I'm like, why did he send this to me? I've got it. This one's only a minute fifty two, and it right. He doesn't start with the bit from the movie until like one a minute thirty nine into the right. thing. Here, I'll put it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh shit, there it is. Yeah. Well, is it, good is, on is, you is for watching all the way through. When he did this. Um, because what well, would be really fucking weird is if he started doing it after the Big Lebowski. This is almost like, certainly older than the Big Lebowski, just judging by how he looks. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you can't go by upload date, but because yeah, it would it just, be really freaking weird if, like, uh, yeah, the Joel and Ethan Cohen wrote a bit that then becomes Dolores' stand up. <laughs> I think he can stand on his own two feet. He don't need that vafungur. I put this link in there. But, uh, yeah. I don't remember where I found that either. Somebody may have sent it. Or I I just don't know. I don't know if I just... Someone did send it. Someone had to have sent so it. So we're now right? doing this and we're not crediting whoever sent it. Fuck. They had to have sent it. Maybe we don't. No, someone did send it. One of our... I mean, we'd have to go back on Facebook and look. I think it was probably via Facebook. One of our regular listeners sent that to us. Fuck. Who probably doesn't listen anymore because, again, this was like a year and a half ago. Episode 49? It's forever ago. 49. So what was that? 60, 65 episodes ago. (laughs) Yeah, well over a year. More than that. Right? 51 and 40. Yeah, 65, I guess. Well, it depends. Did we do it from the beginning of this scene, the end of this scene? Who knows? Anywhere from 60 to 70 episodes ago. Yeah. I'm looking well, through we our look notes at the, here. Uh, what episode? What minute did you say it was around? Uh, About 48 and a half. Minute 48 and a half. 48 and a half, yeah. Although, our notes don't seem to add up to that but um hmm. weird so if i look at like episode 48 but then we're not even there i'm looking at our notes now and it doesn't seem to add up to that so i'm no I that just, would be episode 49 you would Agent think so now undecipherable slang we're talking about that you would think so oh we have two different documents for this I'm just looking at the website. I'm looking at gutterballs.tv slash zero four nine. I'm looking at our like our notes, but it's so long ago. Yeah, and there it was. So aged now undecipherable slang. Aged now undecipherable slang. That's something we thought was informative for a description. <laughs> Apparently, along with rotoscoped fake bras. <laughs> Well, the that's unvarnished from showgirls. truth about Stevie B. What's the unvarnished truth about Stevie B? I want. Oh, I 
see a firefighter, maybe that. It's a treasure trove of shit. But here's why I went back. Is it, are we starting we, when to we go back this, and reanalyze our own podcast now? Is that what we're doing? Are we starting that? I, no, uh, I didn't mean to start it. I, mean <laughs> I think to start you just it with started my it. next revisit. <laughs> go ahead. The, but the reason I, only reason I brought this up, episode 49. Yeah. When we talk about this, we posted it on March 1st, 2014. That's what I wanted to look up. So almost two years ago. Almost two years. Coming up on it anyway. Yep. Blink of an eye, it'll be two years old. The way time goes. <sighs> so here's the revisit I want to make. And a rotting, leafy, baby mulch vomit face. <laughs> okay. I'm waiting. So... I've listened to, like, the first 10 seconds of episode one a lot. Oh, boy, why? For whatever reason. Because, like, it's in my little iTunes playlist. It's number one, and I mean to play the current episode, but I accidentally play that one. Well, that's, that's just the um, the little intro, though. That's not us actually talking, yes. right? Okay. Well, And so even it starts that. with the Universal logo music. Right, right. But there's this little tap that happens. It okay. sounds like a pencil being dropped on a desk. I know why that is. It's like... <laughs> yeah, and there's that little... There. I don't know if you can even hear that or not. but I can hear what you're doing right now, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not on mute shit. But anyway... <laughs> the, yeah, so I just wanted to give a shout out to that little sound. Do you know what Revisit that pro- back to the beginning of the probably D-cast. is? Uh, you dropped a pencil on the floor while you were recording. Shit! Yeah, how'd you know? I'm just guessing because you were recording the audio like off the. Uh, I was TV or something. I think Dave, he's my brother. You might know him. Might have been doing that, like using the 7D and like shooting the screen of the laptop, and we were just using that for the audio. Right, and it's just some ambient noise that right, crept and something in. fell. <laughs> something fell, or it's like a floorboard creaked somehow. Someone walked in the hallway outside of the room you're recording. It was probably something fell on the laptop, and it was just like, eh, fuck it. But I know that little sound so, so well now. So you know, but it I just wanted to give a shout out to that sound. A shout out to the little sound. Like if that little creak wasn't in there. It just wouldn't be the same. Wouldn't it's what be makes the same. Gutter balls, gutter balls. The At least for me now, after listening to the, that intro so many times. Little pencil creak sound. Yeah, but then I got fancy, and I lined out the mini jack out to my recorder and just recorded uh-huh. the whole movie. So that's probably four times because I probably watched the movie while I was doing that too. I mean, that was two hours that I had to sit there and do that. Right. Well, still you could have did it. it and, like, walked out. I could have, but I started watching it. a burrito. It. I could have. Yeah, but it was playing. You're drawn in. I'm drawn in. Would you have been able to hear it, though? Did you, like, didn't line out from the recorder to something you could hear? Correct. Little headphones. You got to check in once in a while, make sure yeah. it's going okay. Yep. But, yeah. It's probably four times. Maybe five times. I think I watched it. With my mom, you might know her name's Gigi, but I think I watched it with her, too, one time. Very possible. Do you have any more revisits, Brad? Uh, no, I think that's it for my revisits. 
I mean, we have... I gotta close down. I'm on, like, episode 45 notes now, but those aren't helpful in the current situation. Um, You had the doc, Pamoose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did our Sean Colvin. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, well, if you want to give some other shout-outs to these credits, I will shout-out that in this minute, we do see the credit for the Foley editors, which includes oh, yes. our... Uh, New friend of the show, uh, Jennifer Ralston. Yep. She went by Jennifer then, and now I believe she just simply goes by Jen Ralston. Economy of name. Uh, you you got you to gotta do it. I you have deeply to. respect that. I, I know what you mean, brah. So there it is. Foley editors, Jennifer Ralston and Frank Kern. One of two. Yeah. Um, I got also, maybe you can help me with this, Treehorn Thugs. Yes. Dude's Landlord. Yes. Quintana's Partner. Yes. We know three of the four names of those people. Well, maybe, but they wouldn't be, um... Yeah, I know that's a good question. I mean, this is where we might have to uh, address the rules for crediting, which exist. The aforementioned rules to understand why. Well, I think that, I mean, the Coens seem to play a little fast and loose with the rules from time to time. I think once you get down into the guts of the credits, like, you can play little games. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you put a note here, which I didn't notice. Right. What is it? Uh, what was it? The big associate editor. Big associate editor. That's Who was big that? Big Dave Diliberto. Big Dave Diliberto, big associate yeah. editor. Who actually had an interesting, uh, interesting note, actually, Dave Diliberto. What was that? Him. So um, here, I'll read from Wikipedia for a few moments. As a longtime collaborator of Joel and Ethan Cohen... Diliberto was a was a part of several innovations in post production technologies. See, there's an O E, but it's not cone anyway. Yeah, there's no hard and fast rules. Mm. You know not what like, we say about consistency, Adam. I know, and this is not um. But what he super but this Dave Diliberto guy he supervised the first digital intermediate on a full feature. No shit and way. With the For- film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? No fucking way. Yeah. Huh. I did know that Oh Brother, Where Art Thou was the first time they did that. I seem to remember that as well. That was in, we and we talked about this earlier, a long way back, because I watched that documentary on Netflix about film versus digital. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw that. I don't think so. With Keanu Reeves. Um... But I watched that, and uh, no, it was kind of interesting. But they that. did mark "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" as the first uh, digital. Well, they're calling here a digital intermediate. Can you explain what a digital intermediate is? Um, well, I want to make sure I get it right. I mean, I imagine it just means you took the film, you digital digitized the film. And then you manipulate it all digitally, and then you output that digital onto a film print. Right. I, that's what I would have said. Which, and there's 
probably more to it, but that's, I think, yeah. the gist of it. You so, shot on film, you release on film, but the intermediate stage, in the middle, you're putting right. it into a computer so that you can adjust colors and, you know, add your effects in, all yeah. that shit. Do whatever you want. Right. Which, because again, that film had such an interesting color mm-hmm. throughout it, that kind of like golden color. But actually, what they did was they kind of had what they did was took all the greens and uh, they kind of put them down yeah, into this golden yellow color. Right. right. But none of the other colors were left alone. And it kind of gave it that really unique look. Which I think it was kind of known for that look. It did have yeah. a very specific look. Right. Which at the time was, yeah, very, very, uh, very unique. It's striking. Um, yeah. And it reminds me that I'm saying it. Um, in a lesser degree, oh, and I wish I could find the guy that did it right now, but there's um, um, moments away from finding his name. Uh, but the guy that did like the talking yeah, here about it is Richard Moss, M O S S E. Big Dave List- Listero again now? Richard Moss. He did a, oh, well, we'll get back to Big Dave. Night Court. He, he, no, no, not that guy. This guy, he's a, photographer and he did this stuff where he got he like filmed like he didn't want to fuck with him because he was so big but he you could tell he had a heart of gold too he just well he was also wasn't he like a bad guy in highlander or something shit he wasn't kurgan was he no he wasn't the kurgan he that well the kurgan was uh clancy brown right of course but in highlander the series Richard, was his now, name Qu- Richard Mull? Queen, yeah, I think so, right? He did the, uh, was it, was yeah, it he Robert played the kind of like Kurgan-esque figure in that series, the villain. Queen did the music for Highlander, you know. Oh, I know very well. Okay. As well just... as uh, Flash Gordon. Okay, you don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, we gotta put. A, we should put a link to this. Richard Moss, the Impossible Image on okay. Vimeo. I just googled it. If you Google Richard Moss, M O S S E, you'll see it here. He did this stuff where he got a hold of this film uh, that was made like by the Defense Department in like the 1940s. That okay. was used for reco- like like aerial surveillance, aerial recognizance, reconnaissance, not recognizance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm having such a difficult time following yeah. anything you're saying right now. <laughs> I'm working on it. So anyway, this guy, Richard Moss, he he took this film and went to the Congo where there's this like conflict. His name, his first name was Nostradamus, by the way. <laughs> Fucking A. Whose <laughs> first name? <laughs> Nostradamus Bull Shannon. Oh, shit. What was he doing in the Congo? Anyway, he was there documenting it. Slan Quince. But this film made anything green look pink. This film made anything green look pink. So because this, it, it had creates these really or? amazingly striking images. Did they do it on purpose? Well, the, he used this special film that did that. Okay. So, yeah, it was kind of so like, was you know, there's, I, uh-huh. I, he had some of this film. It's some of the only, I guess... You know, that exists still that does this. Like, what can I do with this? And he went down to the Congo and, and like filmed down there with this film. And it's pretty, I think it's awesome. 
Okay. Um, so I'm always pointing that out because it was a train. It was just a little what free this- association because we talked about how they changed the greens into this golden color in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? But what does Richard Moss have to do with that? Just because it's a wacky film technique that he was using, and they were using a wacky digital technique? Is that the linkage here? It's just you took they took a color and swapped it out. Right. To but he did have it. a certain effect. He did it with film, though. Yeah, right? he did his with film. Okay. But again, it's a very striking effect. Okay. And it's worth checking out, because I think it's actually really cool. And it makes you think of... I think it has an effect because it takes this what would normally be this kind of like war documentary filmmaking uh-huh. and it turns it into a combination of like this bizarre kind of like art, arty art process thing because everything's all pink. But then it also lets you kind of like see the human condition in war in this different kind of way. So it wakes you up a little bit? Because it's kind of like you're looking at it as like an alien or something, because everything is these weird colors. Hmm. Well, what, what, it is it, what is it called? Uh, well, there's a video of it here on Vimeo. His film of it is called The Enclave, but I think to see it online, you can look at the little clip of it on Vimeo. It says Richard Moss, The Impossible Image. Well, why don't you grab a link and throw it in there? Yeah. We'll, we'll shove it in the show notes. We'll go shove it in the show notes. I had too many tabs open to deal with this, though. Yeah, problem. I had like 30 open. But um, what year was that? Did you say? I didn't say, but it's fairly recently, though. Okay. So still fucking around with film. You can appreciate that. Yeah, I can. Well, digital intermediate, that's kind of what I do. Though not yeah. quite, because I don't yeah. output on film either. I kind of, I, sometimes I, I might. Do you? Really? Uh, by, when by film, I mean I would output on like a photo, photo paper. That's not quite the same? Well, it's not the same because it's... Because it's not film? Well, I mean, it's a photographic process. I'm doing still images, right? I understand, but it's not film. So you would never take film and put it back onto a negative. That makes no sense. Like, No, but you would put it on... Remember slideshows with a projector, you know? You could still output on film. Isn't that film? Celluloid? Film, that is true. I mean, yes. So I don't do that. When I make positives, they're generally on paper to be viewed and held in your hand. Right. And you can make digital C prints, chromogenic prints, which I have done. What is a digital C print? In essence, it's it's you're you're you are, um, you know, again using the same traditional photographic process in terms of the materials, right? So you have light sensitive paper that's then exposed, that then gets developed in a series of chemicals to fix the image, and boom, there you go. Yeah. But they have special machines that will do that with a, you can take a digital file and in essence put it onto the paper. It's actually done with uh, lasers. Fucking sharks with lasers on their heads. Yeah. What will they think of but next? Strangely, you might be surprised to learn inkjet printing is actually superior. Come on, that's surprising. I know, isn't it? How do you know that? It's widely considered superior. 
I mean, from a technical standpoint, so it, it, it can actually last longer. So for an archival, again, this is not just your any day inkjet, like you bought one for $90 at Best Buy, but you know, a good quality inkjet printer made to make archival photos, you can get a better, uh, color gamut and it will last longer. How much does that kind of inkjet printer retail for? Not a lot. Like, give me a ballpark. $500? Because yeah, I want to say yes. You can you can get one to produce those that kind of archival print for $500. Because the inkjet printers that I buy are generally under $100, and they last about four and a half months, and then you throw them away. Yes, I'm not talking about those. They're a step or two up from that. Yeah, I'm talking about, though, like, if you're, like, let's say, doing professional photo printing, right? Right. Like, the, the, the inkjet process is actually better than doing a chromogenic print, which I would never that, no, have it's considered that. fucking surprising. But, the, yeah, and, and inkjet still gets kind of a bad name just because people think inkjet. They think either, A, like, those cheap-ass printers like you're thinking of, or even just the fact that, like, yeah, an inkjet printer from the year 2000 sucked right i right. know uh, you want an actual photograph totally and i'm saying this as a person that still thinks the image capture i don't know if it's better on film it's just better for me i lots of great photographers i can't tell if it's film or digital what is better anyway yeah it's just your fucking opinion man right you know and if that's the case then fine it's better what I will say is, and I've said it, I think I've said this before, it's just easier for me to make an image I'm happy with with film. There are people that can actually do it on digital. I'm not one of them for whatever reason. I, uh, I don't know. I think you might sell yourself short a little bit there, Brad. But I, I got this huge-ass print back the other day that, again, I did. It had a digital intermediate. Where did you get an ass print? printed at um askprinters.com anyway this dude printers. dave diliberto yeah he was part of several innovations in post-production technologies surprisingly that Such website as, is available askprints.com askprinters.com askprinters.com what about askprints.com uh, let's see, asprints.com. Here's the part of the show. You know, we're like almost an hour and a half in. It's where we start it's registering time. domains. We've done it before. It's fucking time. Asprints.com. Kind of a slow load time. I'm, I'm holding out for good things on this one. Gotta be loading some good shit here. But asprinters.com. This webpage is parked for free, courtesy of GoDaddy.com. What does that mean? Would you like to buy this domain? Hmm. Learn more. <laughs> 70 bucks per domain plus commission. What's commission? Oh, so they're like... I don't trust this. Yeah, well, someone owns it and is trying to sell it, if that's what it says. Commission. Yeah, but they're not trying to... They're trying to rent it, I think. Yeah, could be... Now you can fucking rent domains out? Well... Like, as a private individual? I think the idea would be they still own it, and they'll say, well, I'll, I'll point it to your shit for a 
I mean, why not, right? Brad, if only you would have got on the ass printers. Dot com. Ass too prints. slow. Too slow on the ass printing. Assprints.com is webpage is not available. So I don't know what that means really. Connection timed out. Um what were you saying about Richard Mole? David Diliberto. Oh, what about him? Big associate editor? The big associate editor. Well his innovations. I feel like we should list them. We started We should. We should. I'm sorry. Because he started with we talked about the first Digital intermediate on a full feature. Yeah. <laughs> intermediate. Uh, they, he, he also had, um, I'm not sure. Well, when they filmed The Man Who Wasn't There. Yep. They used special film stock that had a high silver content and had yeah. never been used for for printing or projection. Mm-hmm. And it ended up burning up in the projectors. I remember that happening. Um, it didn't burn up when I saw it, but maybe is it possible I saw it projected digitally? I want to yes. say somehow I saw that in Belfont. I remember driving farther away than I had to or than I wanted to to see that movie in the theater. But was there ever a movie theater in Belfont? If not, where yeah, there I definitely go? was. Was there? There was that. Uh, it showed. It was like an old style theater, and it showed more like arty type films. Hmm. I don't remember that being so there. So that's where they would show that thing. Yeah. Can't think of the um, name of it now because it closed down. It was a huge, uh, It was that, that that was a blow to the arts in central Pennsylvania. It was not a triumph when that definitely. happened. No, that's a big time loss. Sorry, I'm just watching Johnny Five's beating here. <laughs> so the other thing Dave did. Big Dave? Yes, Big Dave. It says here, trailing the industry abandonment of old school film editing techniques, David configured Final Cut Pro systems that could emulate the Cohen's idiosyncratic method of editing in a digital realm. I remember when this was all going down. And I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know I don't, what their idiosyncratic method of editing was. I don't know either. I'd like, like to know what? more of that. Well, there are some references here, so I might have to research that and report back next episode. Well, it I'm says here, Intolerable visits. Cruelty was the first major studio feature edited on Apple Computer's Final Cut Pro software. I think, now without looking this up, so give me a little leniency mm-hmm. here if I'm wrong, but I think Cold Mountain was one of the first also. And I was going to say Cold Mountain was the first, but I guess Intolerable Cruelty was. Um, Well, this says, according to this Wikipedia, it says Intolerable Cruelty was the first major studio feature. I believe it, but I think Cold Mountain was up there too. But Intolerable Cruelty was before Cold Mountain, wasn't it? Right, so... That's what I'm saying. Give me some leniency. I'm wrong, but I think it was still one of the first. It could have been like, one of the first. When it was, I'm sure, like Apple newish. had had like websites that were like case in point, like case studies. Like, oh, oh, totally, they did. They did Cold Mountain. It's like Red had a whole page shot on Red. I mean, they still have it, but back yeah. in like 2007, when that was still a novelty, and there was just a handful of them up there. Now it's like, what isn't shot? on like red or mm. whatever Ari's digital one is. Yeah. Or fucking, uh, well, the Alexa. Yeah. Anyway, so he gets to be credited as the big associate editor. Is that just because his name is big Dave DiLiberto? I'm guessing probably. 
They're just being funny. Or they're just like fucking him over because maybe they call him Big Dave and like they he kind of hates that. So they also made it like big associate editor, Big Dave. Like, I don't know. I don't think they're dicks. Yeah. Like, when I say hate it, I don't mean like hates like, it, hates it. Like they're being oh, dicks. Oh, you guys. It's like friendly, right. friendly insults, friendly jibes and insults, as Lieutenant Commander Data would say. Now, what about when... Like, Data gets the shit kicked out of him. That doesn't bother you too much, does it? Oh, no, that bothers me. Does it? Now, with or without emotions? Um. Ironically, it's probably without bothers you more. I don't know about that. Whew. So well, give me a, one of the times when it was the worst. Um. Like, did he ever have pieces of himself falling off and you were just like, you had to Yeah, well, away? his head got knocked off. <laughs> and how were times. you? Did you cry a little bit? No. No? I think the worst. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> in, in Star Trek Generations, he first gets his emotion chip. And he gets, like, afraid. Like, the villain is there with a phaser and he's like cowering in fear and that again it's not he doesn't physically get hurt but it's like the emotional trauma <laughs> kind of gets to me and i guess it's the contrast of him like being generally such a badass up until that point and it's right. like seeing like you know it's like i remember when i beat my dad in basketball for the first time and it's like Actually, that did not make me feel good. I don't want to do that again. Now I just feel sorry for him. Right. Yeah. Because he's like just that. old and weak now. Because if I can beat him, he's supposed to be like the best ever. And now you got Data like cowering in the corner. And so that that just made you a little heart sick. Yeah. Yeah. That probably, that's the thing that immediately jumps to mind. Um you know, and there's something about, like, the injustice of the whole thing. Like, not with that, but just the robots in general. They didn't ask for this, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, there was an episode it's where... like animals getting hurt, kind of. Yeah, there was... Exactly. It is kind of like that. There's an episode where Data loses his memory. He's on this planet where it's kind of, like, reminiscent of, like, maybe, like, the Renaissance or something. Like, everyone's wearing these kind of, like, billowy, weird outfits, and, like, the technology is primitive. It's kind of, it reminds, yeah, it just reminds me of kind of, like, this medieval slash renaissance period or something. This is TNG? This is TNG. Okay. And he doesn't, and he's there, and he's, like, you know, he's lost his memory, but, you know, these the people there kind of find him and take him in. He's just kind of, like, a weird stranger, and he lives among them for a while. Like, I don't know, like... It's one of these episodes where, like, it's like a time-lapse thing happens, right? So he's living among them for, like, weeks, months. A nice early know. 90s montage. Yeah, becomes, like, a member of the community. You know, and there's, like, the people that are his friends and, like, the mean people that don't like him because he's weird and different and he's everything. Different. Yeah, we don't like different. And then uh, he figures out, he more or less discovers radioactivity. This is a society that hadn't discovered radioactivity. Yes, this is again this like point. very primitive, like not primitive like cavemen, but primitive like like medieval. 
I was going to say, they could be primitive in some ways, but still know about radioactivity. Yeah. You never know what kind of stunts they're yeah. going to pull well, on that show. Well, in the one scene, <laughs> I love talking about this, but it's, in the one scene, I there too. Was That's like, why we're talking it was about like it. because he didn't have memory, he didn't have any knowledge, like he was kind of like sitting into like this, like, like what is that, like a school lesson for these kids, and they're talking about how... With all his superlative knowledge. But again, he lost his memory. He didn't necessarily have it. Well, if he knew about radioactivity. Well, he didn't know. He had to discover it. Like He like rediscovered it for himself. Seems like he had something well, still there. Well, he had there. something there because, again, his basis, basic, basic worldview existed. So, so he was there and they were talking again about like the elements. Like, oh, well, you know, there's the four elements like wind and fire and... Earth. Earth. Water. Water. Right, yeah. And like, oh, and look, like, this piece of wood contains all four elements. Like, when you turn it into the fire, the wind is released, this smut, all this stuff, right? And he's just like, dude, like, that's so fucking wrong. How would he like, know, there's though? no way fire is not an element. And they're like, well, how the hell do you know? You don't know anything. And he's like, yeah, I don't know how I know. I just know there's no way fire is an element. So he like he had, had some, some his, like yeah, basic stuff in there, right? Did. But he, but in essence, he ends up because the part of the reason he was there was because he was collecting these radioactive pieces. So they had this radioactive stuff was now in play. He eventually discovers that it's radioactive and it's what's making people sick. He invents a cure for the radioactivity and was going to dump it in the water supply, but everyone blames him. He's the one that's made everyone sick because everyone got sick when he came. So he's obviously so while he's trying to save everyone and dump the cure into the well, the like village people are like stabbing him with big poles and everything like killing him while he's trying to save while them. he's like not trying to even save himself. He's just like, OK, before I die, at least I have to dump this into the water. To save so, everybody. And again, it's that kind of like injustice thing. And again, it's like, yeah, it's like the innocence of a robot, the way it's like a dog or something. It just gets to me. You mix those elements together, you know? He, he remembered a bunch of shit except the prime directive, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. Whoopsie. <laughs> well, at the same time, it was his fucking radioactive pieces making people sick. So even if he did remember it, there's the question, like, what are you supposed to do? But he didn't right. remember any of that anyway. Yeah. Selective memory, sounds like. So, yeah. So he got killed there. Well. So to speak. Yeah. He, I mean. Not really. He was stabbed into the point of, like, not functioning anymore, and they buried him like a dead body. <laughs> and then eventually the Enterprise people found him later on. And, like, the people were like, oh, well, he's buried here or whatever. And they just were able to, like, beam up his, quote-unquote, corpse, like, right from underground up into the ship and then, like, you know, fix him and reactivate him. But Dude, this uh, Richard Moss, Mossy shit looks awesome, yeah. by the way. See, isn't it a fucking amazing? It was yeah. worth that fucking incomprehensible uh it <laughs> Surprisingly, detour. it was. Oh, I, shit, man. Because I just clicked on that link. That's pretty cool looking. I got to say, yeah, selectively you... changing colors like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not even watching it. I'm just seeing the still image of the 
I'll do you that courtesy, at least, of like not watching some other movie while you're talking about <laughs> Star Trek for a long time. Yeah. It is interesting. Uh, yeah. All right. We've gone off the rails way too fucking much. Just fuck it all. We're in the credits. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> what are we supposed all right. to so fucking do? Before we completely like jettison this, you mentioned the Hill Street Blues th- theme before. Yeah. Why? Because of Lou, Lou Elrod? Not because of Lou Elrod. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Lou Elrod, who plays the... Maybe. Maybe it was Lou Elrod. I don't remember now. She plays... Well, that's what you have in the notes here. She played... She was the waitress. She's the waitress, yes. I recognize her from her headshot here on IMDb, and she played Aunt Rosa in a single episode of Hill Street Blues, Fathers and Guns, 1986. 1986. Yep. She's had... It's funny, because the bio... It really touts her. It really builds Says her up. Lou like. Elrod is a versatile character <laughs> actress who appeared in more than a dozen feature films over the past three decades. Well, right there. That's almost one per year. That's <laughs> one every other year. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what I was going to say. That's one every three years. <laughs> you look at her. She goes seven years, seven to ten years between flicks sometimes. She has a doctorate she was in just... freaky friday though oh with our, our our pal Lindsay. yep look at that the connections ah the connections she was in primary colors as chubby woman that's not uh, you know. i saw primary colors back in 1998 much of it yeah this was a busy year for her the big lebowski and primary colors Right off the heels of Wag the Dog. Yeah, that's another one of those two first, <laughs> you know. We've 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 gone beyond my cough limit. Sorry. No, it's all right. Wasn't gonna hold. What a nightmare. But yeah, Wag the Dog, Primary Colors, Dave, the American President. Those are a bunch of other like, you know, two for movies that we never talked about. I don't think she does appear in. Uh... The Achievers, the story of the Big Lebowski fans. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I did not. As Dr. Lou Elrod. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess you're right. She's like <clears throat> one of the actors that is of such a caliber. She would actually appear in such a film. She's only 5'7", but she looks, you know, larger than life in the scene with Walter. Maybe because they're sitting down and she's standing up. I wouldn't want to mess with her. Especially on the poop deck. Next time on Gutterball.